Welcome back to the Mindful Weight Loss Podcast. You're listening to episode number 14. It's time to look at weight loss in a whole new way. Instead of focusing on calories in, calories out, you'll learn how to use your brain to transform your body and heal your relationship with food. If you're ready to lose your weight for the last time, you're in the right place. Because it's more than what you eat. It's who you are when you're eating. This is the Mindful Weight Loss Podcast. Here's your host, life and weight loss coach, Dr. Michelle Tupman. Welcome to this third episode in the Intermittent Fasting series. In the last couple of episodes, we've been exploring intermittent fasting and its potential role in weight loss. We started two weeks ago talking about the science behind intermittent fasting, and we looked at some of the benefits and what happens in the body when we're fasting. And then we also looked at some of the potential harms that we need to consider, particularly us women. And then in last week's episode, we looked closer at different ways you can safely experiment with intermittent fasting. And these methods ranged from simple, like just waiting until you're hungry to eat, all the way up to fasting for a full 24 hours or even fasting for a specific window every day. Now, the one thing that's common amongst all of these methods is that you are required to sit with your hunger for a little while. And for so many of us who struggle with weight, that is a hard thing to do. And in fact, feeling hungry is probably one of the scariest things ever for me. And I can't really tell you why. I didn't grow up with any food scarcity. I've never had to be hungry. Food has always been available to me. And yet I hide snacks in my car. I have snacks in my purse. I have snacks in my locker at work. There's just this tremendous fear of, oh my God, what is going to happen to me if I get stuck without food? And traveling's like a big scary thing for me too, that if I'm going on a road trip or if I'm flying somewhere, I'm terrified of like, what if something's going to happen and we don't have food? I have no idea where this comes from in my life, but I know it's a lot, a lot of us experience this fear of hunger. And for that reason, we tend to view hunger as an emergency. And many of us will just go on full on panic mode when the hunger comes on. And so to continue the conversation on fasting, I felt it was important to talk about hunger because facing that hunger can be such a scary thing for so many people. And in my coaching programs, I don't encourage people to fast per se, but I do encourage people to wait until they're hungry to eat. And that means getting familiar with your hunger and finding a way to sit with that discomfort that the hunger often brings. And hunger is a super valuable thing because it's what tells us when our body needs fuel, not when we want fuel, uh, food for emotional reasons and not when we want to eat or think we have to eat because it's mealtime, but when our body is actually telling us, hey, you, I need fuel, stop and feed me. But when we're in this frame of mind where we're afraid of hunger and we're maybe even eating before we get hungry so that we don't have to feel that hunger, we lose that wisdom of our body. And so I think it's valuable to take a little bit of time in this episode to explore what hunger really is and how you can start flirting with it a little bit to understand the messages that it's trying to tell you. 
And so what is hunger really? I mean, really, it is just a feeling. It is nothing more than that. There are physiological chemical processes happening in your body where certain hormones are released from your brain to tell your body that you're hungry. And so you get all of these physical sensations and even a mental component to this when you feel hunger. And, you know, if you allow yourself to feel hungry, you might notice that you do actually feel a little bit anxious and restless when you're hungry. And I wonder if that's part of why we feel so panicky when we sometimes start to think about it. And, you know, when you're hungry, you also start thinking about food. And a lot of us are just so sick and tired of thinking about food all of the time that we want to avoid that as well. And then I know for me, myself, when I'm hungry, I also find that I have a difficult time concentrating. And in my line of work, I need to be concentrating all the time. And so I don't like that feeling of being hungry if it's going to affect how I'm thinking. But here's the thing. When you allow yourself to feel hunger, your body will show you what real, actual, physical hunger feels like rather than emotional hunger or maybe even thirst. And just to be clear here, emotional hunger isn't just eating when you're feeling sad or angry or lonely or stressed or whatever emotions cause you to eat. It's also just wanting to eat for any reason other than to fuel your body, including that feeling like you should eat because, well, it's noon, it's lunchtime, or, you know, I should eat because everybody around me is also eating, right? That is emotional eating as well, because that's eating for reasons other than true physiological hunger. And the more you allow yourself to feel that physical hunger, the more you can really understand what your body signals are. And then the more you can trust your body to guide you rather than following those awful rules about when and what and how much you should be eating. And there's lots of other benefits to allowing yourself to feel hunger as well. And one of them is a social reason, really, is if you allow yourself to feel hunger for a little while, you remember that eating is actually a privilege. So if you think about it, there are so many people on this planet who just don't get enough food to eat. And there's even more people who don't have access to healthy or fresh foods. And if you never allow yourself those moments of hunger, it's hard to remember that there are people out there who don't have the privilege of three square meals a day. Another benefit kind of related to that is that allowing yourself to feel hunger may also help you recognize how different it feels when you eat processed food versus higher quality food. There's something that happens, you know, if you're eating mindlessly, just, you know, putting things in your mouth as you're working or watching TV, you tend not to notice as much how it tastes and how it feels and how your body feels after you eat it. But when you're hungry, when you're truly hungry and then you eat, you suddenly can feel that, you know, when you eat junk food or when you eat overly processed food, your body just feels gross. And the first bite might taste fantastic, but then your bites following just don't satisfy you as much. And then on the flip side of that, when you eat healthy foods, you know, whole unprocessed natural foods that 
nourish your body, your body notices that and it thanks you and it feels fantastic. And so sometimes allowing yourself that space to step back, feel the hunger, and then be more aware of what's going on in your body when you do get to eat, there's some magic in there. And here's another thing that happens if you allow yourself to feel hunger for a little while. And that's that you're able to actually recognize that eating is something your body really needs. Because if you're hungry to the point where you're starting to feel a little bit hangry, you're having difficulty concentrating, you're a little bit irritable, maybe you're even starting to feel an ache in your stomach, and then you eat and you realize how good that makes you feel, you realize that your body actually needs food. And that food is not just a distraction for when you're feeling emotional or upset or stressed or bored or lonely, but that it's also not an inconvenience. So I know lots of us, myself included, we get so wrapped up in work or whatever we're doing that we don't actually want to take the time away to have a meal. And I know for me, sometimes I am so busy concentrating on whatever I'm doing that I don't even notice those subtle symptoms of physical hunger. It's not until my hunger is through the roof and I am ready to eat my own face that I realize that I'm hungry. And of course, when I'm in that state of mind, it's really hard for me to make good decisions. I just want to reach for the easiest thing there. And so Allowing yourself moments to step back, tune in, ask yourself, am I feeling hungry? And then giving yourself permission to step away from whatever you're working on to have a healthy meal is an excellent practice and another benefit of allowing yourself to feel that hunger. Another thing that I've noticed as well is that allowing yourself to feel hungry also allows you to be more aware of food marketing. So have you noticed that when you're always feeling a little bit full, you just don't notice, like you're less aware of all of the advertising and marketing around food that's out there. But then as soon as you start to feel hungry, you just notice it everywhere. You see all of the billboards, you hear the advertisements on the radio or see them on TV. It's just all of a sudden when you're hungry, there's food everywhere. And Food marketing is so manipulative, and I could do another whole series of podcasts on how food marketing works to grab our attention and get us eating things that we don't necessarily want. But for now, for today, just know that with the awareness of all of this food advertising coming at you comes power. And with power, you're able to be a better educated and a better informed consumer and you can make better decisions for yourself when it comes to food. So just allowing yourself to be hungry so that you can notice all of that advertising around you can be another powerful benefit of allowing yourself to experience that hunger. And then finally, one of the bigger benefits of allowing yourself to sit with hunger for a while, particularly if you decide to experiment like with a whole day of fasting, for example, you might just become aware of how much time you actually spend eating food, preparing food, going shopping for food, searching for recipes, thinking about food. It gets actually a large amount of time. So a few weeks ago, 
I experimented with a day of fasting. It was terrible. I told you all about it in the last episode. But one thing I noticed is I felt like I had more time on my hands because I wasn't spending so much time preparing food. And I'm certainly not passing any judgment on the amount of time um, that we spend with food. Not at all. Just I found it very interesting to notice just how much of my day was actually taken up by food. All right. Now, so many benefits to allowing yourself to feel hunger. But here's the thing. If hunger terrifies you, if hunger makes you feel anxious or panicky, know that it's only because your brain has decided that hunger is bad and that you need to eat as soon as you feel it. And in fact, as I mentioned before, you may even be choosing to eat before you even get hungry just to make sure you never have to feel that discomfort of hunger. And if that's you, then maybe you've forgotten what hunger actually feels like. I know when I first started doing this work around food, I had no idea what hunger felt like anymore. I was just always prepared to eat. And I would look at the clock and say, oh, you know what? It's been a couple of hours since I've had something. I better have a snack so I don't get hungry. Like that's just how I lived my adult life. And it probably took me, I want to say, three or four months of actually being intentional about paying attention to how my body felt before I remembered what hungry actually feels like. And what surprised me the most was the first sign for me was actually more mental than it was physical. So I would start to feel, you know, a little bit distracted or a little bit antsy. And I would start thinking about food. And that was always my first clue that I was maybe starting to feel hungry. And it would be like I would be concentrating on work or reading or something and then noticing that I'm having trouble concentrating, just getting distracted. And then I would start Googling recipes and things like this or making a shopping list, things like this. And so for me, that was the first sign that I was getting physically hungry. And then the physical signs for me would start to come shortly after that. So I would notice, you know, the usual stomach growling and a little bit of a empty, achy feeling in my stomach. And if I let that go on too long, then I would get a headache. And so what I've learned is if I wait until I get a headache, that's a dangerous thing for me because right after the headache comes the hangry. And when I'm hangry, I do not make good choices. So when I'm experimenting with fasting, I allow myself to sit through that. But if I'm not in that mindset of fasting and I get that hangriness, come on, I am doomed for, I'm going to end up right back in that bakery at the Italian center, buying all the pastries and um, feeling like even sicker (laughs) afterwards. So I know that when I start to get distracted, I check in and I wait until I just start to notice that growly stomach feeling. And then that's that's when I choose to eat. And so I challenge you to do the same thing. I challenge you to allow yourself to feel all of these things for a few minutes and just be curious about what happens next. Now, your brain might throw a huge fit at you and demand that you eat, but see if you can sit through that even just for a couple of minutes. What you might notice is that hunger tends to come in waves. 
you'll feel it for a few minutes and then it'll go away and then it'll roll back in and then it'll get very intense and then it will ease off and then it goes away again. And that is very much the nature of physical hunger. Another thing about physical hunger is that it's never for a specific food. So if you notice that what you're wanting and what you're thinking about is something very specific, that is almost certainly emotional or mental hunger, not actually physical hunger. And likewise, if your desire for food is just persisting, because Hunger, like I said, tends to come and go in waves. So if that feeling of wanting food is persisting, then take a look and see if you can notice what emotional needs you're trying to fill with that. You know, another thing that you can do when the hunger comes on is just try taking a sip of water and see what that does to your hunger. For many people, especially those of us who have lost touch with our body signals, hunger and thirst can sometimes feel the same. So if you're noticing that these sensations, you take a sip of water and you start to feel better, then you know that maybe that was thirst rather than hunger. And if you take that sip of water and those hunger feelings come back in waves, then perhaps it's time to sit down and have a meal. And so what I recommend you actually do is eat according to a hunger scale. So I teach a scale of one to 10 where one is no hunger whatsoever, or maybe even that overstuffed feeling you get after turkey dinner at Thanksgiving. And then 10 is so hungry that you would eat your own freaking arm. And I recommend that you wait until you're at about a seven to eat on that hunger scale. So here's what I suggest. Every time you sit down to eat, just take a nice deep breath, tune in, and then see where you are on the hunger scale. And if you're not sure, remember that hunger comes in waves. So just wait a few minutes and see what happens. And then when you think you're around a seven, go ahead and eat. So you're not going to know what a seven feels like right away. This is going to take a little bit of practice, a little bit of experimenting, a little bit of trial and error. But with time, and it doesn't necessarily take very long, you'll understand what that seven feels like. And then the second part of this hunger scale is stopping when you're satisfied. So that means stopping when you're at about a two or three on the hunger scale. So this means stopping before you get full. And again, it takes some time to figure out what the difference is between satisfied and full, especially if you're not used to paying attention to your body signals when you eat. And so when you do start to experiment with this, you've got to be kind with yourself and you have to show yourself some compassion because you're not going to get it right right away. There will be meals when you have to overeat a little bit to understand what a one or two feels like. And there might be meals when you undereat a little bit because you're at a three or a four and you're just flirting and experimenting and trying to figure out where that feeling of just being satisfied sits. And I can give you some of my experiences with that feeling of satisfied. And the biggest one for me is that sigh. Like, you know, when you're eating and you reach that point where you just kind of lean away from the table and have a big sigh That's your brain telling you you've had enough. That is an amazing sign that you're at a two or three. And I've 
been watching people when we eat and most people have this sigh. Like it's it's quite, it's quite fascinating actually. Next time you're eating with your family or friends, just notice if anybody takes a a little step back, leans back from the table and gives out a nice big sigh. So many of us do it. And the key here is that you feel good and you feel comfortable. You're not feeling bloated or heartburny, and you're definitely not at that point where you're reaching for your fat pants, right? And if you notice yourself starting to pick out the good bites from your plate and leaving the rest, that's often a good sign that you're at a two or three, and it's a good time to stop. I do this all of the time. So if like, if we're eating, mm, my husband and I made this salmon zoodle dish the other night. And I just kind of started picking at the salmon and pushing away the zoodles. And that was definitely a sign, okay, it's time for me to stop. And then another sign for me is that I start to bargain with myself. So if I start to hear thoughts in my head that sound like, I'll just have one more bite and then I'll stop. That is a good sign for me that I'm at a two or three and I have to stop now rather than take that extra bite or two. Now, these signals do not always just come out and slap you in the face. They're subtle. And it means that when you're eating, you have to pay attention. And that takes practice. What is easier to notice is the signs of being too full or being at a one or two on the hunger scale. Those are so much easier to recognize. And you're probably familiar with those, right? Because those are when you lean back from the table and you're not giving that nice, satisfied sigh. You're groaning and you're undoing the button of your pants and you're really wishing that you didn't have those last few bites. And you're also going to feel bloated and super full, maybe a little bit burpy. And it's just like really uncomfortable that's the sign that you've gone down to a one or a two. So experiment with stopping before you get to that point and just really take a moment to pause, tune in, maybe take a nice deep breath just to calm the mind down and notice what you're feeling in your body. Notice what your thoughts are and then see if you can find the edge of where you get to that point where you're too full and you want to stop before you get to that edge. And yes, it's going to take practice and time for you to figure that out. But once you do, it is so liberating. And in fact, this hunger scale is one of the most important tools in your weight loss toolbox. In fact, if it's the only thing you do, if you always wait until you're at a seven to eat and then stop when you're at a two or three, you will likely lose weight without doing anything else. That is how powerful this tool is. But it does take practice and you've got to decide that you're going to do it and do the work and all of the experimentation to figure out where your sevens and your two or threes are. So that's what I challenge you to do. All right. If you are interested in using different forms of fasting to flirt with hunger and experiment with feelings of hunger a little bit more, head on over to the show notes or the website to find a quiz that will guide you to which type of intermittent fasting might be best for you. I would love to know your experience with hunger. If you want to share signs that you know you're hungry, signs that you know that you're satisfied with me, just head on over, find me at social media. I am at Ways of Health on both Facebook 
and Instagram, or you can always email me at michelle at waysahealth.com. I love to hear from you. All right. Next week, I have got an amazing interview with Dr. Bonnie Koo coming up. Bonnie is a money coach. And so many of us women who tend to overeat when we're feeling emotional often tend to overspend. So we're going to talk about strategies to deal with money as women next week. So looking forward to it. I'll see you then. 